All right, we're back for another club report card during the shutdown period today. It's West Coast that's under the microscope. I'm Cal Toomey. I'm joined by Mitch Cleary. Hello, Mitcho. G'day, Cal. Now, the Eagles are in an interesting spot, aren't they? Because many of us think that they're going to be challenging for the premiership and round one show that they're a pretty powerful unit. What's your expectation on West Coast in 2020? Yeah, I think it has to be top four. We saw last year they lost that late game late against the Hawthorne Footy Club and cost themselves a top four spot. They go out in that semi-final against Geelong the same day. Willie Rioli uh, gets told that his football future is in serious doubt. So they'll have some some misgivings about the way uh, 2019 finished, but I think they've got the list. And they had Tim Kelly to be able to uh, seriously contend for the flag at a minimum top four this year. You talk about Tim Kelly there, and this time last year, we are talking about Tim Kelly potentially joining the Eagles at the end of 2019. That's the way it played out. They ended up giving up a fair bit to get him, but Mm. we know his star quality. Those two seasons at Geelong were amazing, really. Uh, Tell us about that midfield. How do they all fit in? Because it's um, star-studded. Yeah, and even Adam Simpson, speaking to him in the weeks leading up to the season, he was a little bit unsure as well, and it, it looks... To me, and it feels like what Collingwood went through start of last year when they were working through what they had to do with Dane Beams. And, uh, you know, so many things the Eagles are weighing up. Is it about Tim Kelly playing more forward? Uh, can Dom Sheed get away with playing more forward? And as Simpson pointed out himself, most of the Eagles midfielders aren't necessarily uh, stay-at-home forwards. So you don't ever see Gaff go to the square. And Shuey doesn't play big midfield minutes. So I think they're going to need more out of those type of guys. Uh, I love Elliot Yo's versatility. Um, he really burst onto the scene as a halfback. But I think given his size, and he often gets in that five matchup, doesn't he? I'd love to see Elliot Yo um, potentially get used in attack uh, and give them another string to their bow because they are going to need to be flexible in that space. He's absolutely one of the stars of the competition, isn't he, Yo? I mean, oh. you can see him being a future captain as well. After Luke Shue, I know Luke Shue has just taken on the role, but you suspect that Yo is probably the next man in charge. Yeah, and and just when you mentioned about Tim Kelly and and giving up so much that they did, first round picks in 2019 and 2020, most other clubs I'd be questioning, but I think the Eagles' young kids are there that having two years out of that first round draft, you might tell me otherwise, Cal, but I think with Petra Chali, Oscar Allen, um, some of these young kids they've got coming through. Uh, I love Jared Cameron when he's up and firing. Um, Jared Brand is still pretty young. So I think the Eagles, with the depth on their list, they do have the chance, provided they can get these young kids right. Um, They do have that sort of uh, blessing, I guess, and and chance to, to go through two first rounds without having taken a player. An interesting point will be what they do with the small forward space because yeah. you know how potent they were in that 2018 premiership year. Willie Rioli combining with Liam Ryan and uh, Cripps was also terrific and just is a really consistent small forward that may be a little bit underrated too. But we know Willie Rioli's footy career is in a whole stack of doubt because of that incident last year. Jared Cameron, you mentioned, has suffered an injury that uh, will seem out for the foreseeable future, but should be back by the time games recommence. What do they do in that space? And the other one that um, that I even forget as well is Daniel Venables. He's a premiership player after a handful of AFL matches. And Adam Simpson was massive on the impact his concussion and having him ruled out for the rest of 2020 was going to have. So we always mentioned Rioli. Uh, Jared Cameron's got that pubic stress and he was going to miss the best part of two or three months. So he may well be back uh, when we see round two 
come around. But Venables is another cog. Um, I think Petrocelli is going to have a big uh, part to say in that space. And they've gone uh, to the, the SSP. So they've gone into the February-March window where you can go and pick up players as rookies. And they've gone and got um, Nick Reed, who, who played some good footy for the Eagles in the waffle last season, and Jermaine Jones, who up until the season was getting called off, was just working on his body and, and getting it back up to, to AFL standard after a preseason at, uh, at VFL level. So they've got the options. Uh, and I think throwing those guys in with Cripps, who, who's just signed a long-term extension, and uh, Liam Ryan, they've got a bit to deal with, especially if you can get some midfield minutes out of a, out of a Tim Kelly, who in big games for Geelong, spent plenty of time forward. What's the ideal ruck setup? Because we know Tom Hickey, you know, filled in the shoes predominantly last year while Nick Nat was coming back. Nick Nat's back now. What's their best setup? Yeah, and you and I were speaking about Richmond um, on the Richmond uh, podcast in this form, Cal, about what it looks like. And I think for Richmond, one ruckman is all they need. But West Coast is probably the only club in the competition that I think needs two genuine ruckmen in that Nick Nat Nui is only a 50 or 60% ruckman. And the Eagles can see that, but he offers them so much when he's in there. So his midfield minutes and his clearance numbers prove that they are willing to take a second ruckman like a Tom Hickey into a game just to ensure they get quality minutes out of Nick Natanui. And whether it is um, Hickey, we saw that they went with him in round one. I'd love to see what Bailey Williams has to offer and, and maybe Williams has a bit more to offer as a key forward. So um, they've got a few options. Nathan Vardy's the other one, another player coming out of contract this season. So uh, when it's Nick Nat, they do need another one. Uh, and I don't think they've, – they've tried it a few times, and I think Oscar Allen is probably more of a forward than a than a second ruck. I think they do need that um, yeah. that Williams or Vardy Hickey type. Tell me about Jared Brander because I watched him a lot coming through his under-18 system, and the thing about Jared was he could play either end and as a key forward, key back, and he probably wasn't settled in one spot. He had that versatility, really nice kick, uh, a versatile key position player, but – the Eagles have different designs on him. They do. And I think even the, the Eagles themselves were a little bit sort of up in the air as to what they did with him. He started um, his career at the Eagles playing it at both ends and he couldn't get his head around it playing at the waffle level. But they've said to him, we want to play you as an Adam Tomlinson wing type. So he's 191, 192, Jared Brander. Use your size and your running capacity to get up and back and to provide a chop out for us as that big body uh, in defence. So similar to what Tomlinson did at the Giants and and is now going to do at Melbourne. That's the model for for Jared Brander. Um, I was surprised. I I thought Geelong might have come harder for him last year as part of that Kelly negotiation. But a chance now for Brander, uh, who's got 2020 and 2021 on his deal at the Eagles, to to solidify a spot in that team. Because he's good enough, as you know. Absolutely. While we're on deals and we talk about contracts on every single podcast that we do, Mitch, um, <laughs> uh, the marketplace in terms of the Eagles, uh, where do you think they need to look to strengthen and do they have any chips to, to go and spend really this year? Well, not really. And, and this, the cap space is going to be an issue as well. We, we saw last year Nick Natanui um, took less because he was coming mm. off that million-dollar deal and um, he's on a three-deal taking less. Kelly comes in on what we think is $700,000, $800,000. So uh, Darling signs a nice, handsome deal at the end of last season. So in terms of what they need, I'll look at their back line potentially behind McGovern 
and Barras is, is something that needs to be strengthened. Schofield's into a, a one-year deal now, and um, Josh Rotham, they've got high hopes for him, but we haven't seen enough at AFL level. So maybe that, that third tall and someone to support McGovern and Barras. And the other part, Cal, is, is the key forward. So um, some serious doubt now around whether Josh Kennedy does play on into 2021. He's been so good for so long. He'll be 33 um, come the end of this season, Josh Kennedy. Uh, they're all their chips in on, on Jack Darling, and he had a bit of interest from the Bulldogs last year, but they're all in on him and Oscar Allen. But behind them, uh, the key forwards, uh, when you throw in Jake Waterman, they could probably do with another um, big key forward to, to help Jack Darling in the, in the future. So do you think this will be Josh Kennedy's last year? That's the way it's that's the way it's pointing at this stage. Just um, getting some intel out of the West that um, it looks like, and, and he's uh, probably matter of fact himself that this well could well be his last year. And um, speaking of people at the Eagles, he had a phenomenal preseason, but uh, when you hit thirty three and the workload that he's carried for so long, maybe um, time could could come for him. So we'll see. The shortened season, you never know, Kelly. It could help a guy like this, but. Uh, the feeling around Josh Kennedy now is that it, it could legitimately be his last season at AFL level. Just a couple more before we finish off on the Eagles. Andrew Gaff, uh, mm. his contract situation, you wrote about it a few weeks ago. He's obviously a couple of years ago signed a two-year deal with the ability to extend that out to six via a trigger. He's going to reach that trigger, but yep. what happens there? Yeah, I think he I think he stays, and, and that's the way that one was heading before the season was called off. So uh, good news for the Eagles. Um, you know, like a few other players in the competition now, going with these two-plus whatever, so he's got the four to, to activate. Um, let's see what happens with the CBA next year, and a lot of players' contracts are going to have to be rewritten, but um, he signed that, that deal so that when he signed it, the, the four years is actually set in stone, or at the time it was. Um, for for the next deal. So that's pretty handsome now considering um, the clubs that came for him. I don't think North Melbourne really need a winger anymore. St Kilda have gone and, and spent their money in the meantime. So uh, it looks like Andrew Gaff and the need for him to stay at the Eagles um, will be there. A couple other quick ones. Petrocelli's out into this season. Uh, Shannon Hearn as well. I wouldn't see either of those guys going, especially with Petrocelli. His spot might, might have been in doubt a little bit so 18 months ago, 12 months ago. But now with Willie Rioli out um, and Venable's concussion concerns, I think Petrocelli becomes a really um, important player for the Eagles. All right, that's the Eagles for the shutdown report card. Thank you, Mitch. And thank you for tuning in. Keep clicking back to afl.com.au for the latest.